right. July 11th, 2022. Ricky, you're over there. Let's take it away, please. Welcome, everybody. First uh, episode after the 4th. We took a week off, but we'll be typically recording these every other Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, live streaming on Rockfin. And then within 48 hours, the video is available also on Odyssey, roughly within 48 hours sometimes. No pressure, Mike. And uh, and or, and the audio is usually available everywhere within uh, a couple of days also. So um, thanks again, guys. And of course, you can find all those links at theunionoftheunwanted.com. Um, today's going to be like a bar atmosphere. And I'm not just saying that because Monica just showed up. I'm saying that because people are going to be jumping in and out at different times. So, uh, you know, first round on me, guys. Uh, I, I know we have a couple. It's the first round's always on me. Wait till you guys actually hang out with me. That's not a joke. Um, typically, you know, I make sure everybody's equally as drunk as I am. But it's uh, so I know we have a couple of things we brainstormed in regards to uh, topics. Uh, is there anything, Charlie, Mike, you, you guys want to jump in on? Any Anything you want to highlight? Obviously, there's endless amounts of topics we could really start off the conversation with. But uh, Well, it, it does look like a bar. To Let's begin with the fact that there's six guys and one girl here. <laughs> so it's already starting off on the wrong foot, but strangely familiar for any of us that worked in, at bars. There's so much to talk about, Ricky. Um, we've got... Uh, We've got the president's son's video coming out of him doing, having some extracurricular activities. We have him water sliding naked. That's fun. We have. Uh, get that on the screen. Can we uh, screen? Uh, can we get that? I'll, I'll we work have, on that. Um, we have Sri Lanka erupting into flames. We have uh, the Netherlands erupting into horseshit with uh, manure spreaders showing up everywhere. It's a. Uh, Fun time to be alive. Well, before the show, uh, Pasta over there on the uh, the convo couch was cluing me into some of the stuff going on in Sri Lanka. I and I just saw a headline, and I saw the the Twitter video that everyone pretty much saw of uh, a crowd of people rushing. I believe the presidential palace. I believe, if I remember correctly, the the president of Sri Lanka came out and said, "Hey, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. We're going to." Trying to, he's trying to appease the masses. Then I, then I see a Twitter picture of him jetting off, you know, on a ship, like in the middle of the night. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, he's he gone. Got on, <laughs> he got on a naval vessel and he's gone. He's out. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, I think it was just about three days ago. He then, they then asked the Russian Federation uh, for gas and oil experts to help them out. And originally, and this was, I think, the straw that broke the camel's back. Sri Lanka had a lot of problems beforehand. But, uh, you know, the COVID, they went into the lockdown mode that really disabled the, the economy, the middle class, of course, as well. Uh, and then the uh, the military actions in, I should put my headpiece in, I'm sorry, the military actions in uh, Ukraine, Russia really uh, put them in another whirlwind. Uh, they went along with the, the West and the sanctions, cutting off, you know, their nose, bite their face, I guess you can say. Uh, fuel prices skyrocketed, uh, food sh- uh, shortages went down, and uh, pretty much everybody now is out in the streets. I think a lot of people are kind of speculating, like, who's out in the streets, what group and whatnot. Um, there is a lot of talk that USAID is there. Um, Victoria Newman was in town at the end of March. Um, I would say that the State Department didn't start this uprising, but they're there to try to mop it up. 
uh, 70%, so close to 70% of their debt is owned by, uh, national debt is owned by, by the West. They're trying to push it off as if it's China doing the economic hitman, whatnot, but China only owns about 10% of their debt. BlackRock has got the main stake in what's going on in Sri Lanka right now. So, you know, the United States is not going to try to, is not going to let that country, uh, just go. So it's who comes in next, I think, over there. And there's everything from socialists in the streets to anti-China movements, anti-socialist movements. And there's all these different types of groups. It's almost like Egypt when they had an uprising. Uh, I think a lot of people felt the the, the, uh, Muslim Brotherhood co-opted their their revolution. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Sri Lanka. But right now... It's a friggin' mess. Couldn't this be fixed with a United States military base in Sri Lanka? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I I didn't investigate. Usually, that's the thing I always investigate. How many military bases are in that country? I didn't even investigate how many military bases are in that country. <laughs> Strategically, also- it would make sense if we if we're going to play against China. You know, uh, I don't know if we do have one there. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll look real fast. Well, we do have we have a strong presence there, definitely. Uh, uh, as far as you know, uh, within the within the whole parts of the econo- uh, economy and whatnot, but it's going to be very uh, very interesting. Um, there was this whole situation, guys, and I, I don't know. I haven't looked too deeply into it, but there came a time, and a lot of people were accusing them of this whole. You know how the green policies are coming into play, where it's really not about like what's going on in the Netherlands. It's a you know, it's just a way of kind of just kicking out the small farmer and whatnot. Well, they had some type of uh, switch over where they eliminated all chemical fertilizers. And this, this was of April of last year. And then things got so bad and they were starting to import some more food that they had to lift the band at one point. And I believe they lifted it in November of last year. Um, so that's something interesting to look on to as well. If this was like a move to kind of like, you know, consolidate, get rid of the small farmer and whatnot, or if it was something legit when it comes to these fertilizers. Mike, we have a we have Diego Garcia base just south of there in the Indian Ocean, so we're good. Okay. That, that's a that's a good black spot where Maybe you can more than Maria though. I've What's been the- to Diego Garcia. Oh you have, have you? Yeah, it's it's like so insane. It's like just in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, how'd you even discover this? It's so crazy. There's a and by there's the a way, I believe, the, I believe Diego Garcia is where what was that plane that the Taiwan plane that went down? I think it, it was or the MH370. Yeah. And like there those. was like a weird picture that somebody had taken of it landing there and then it disappeared like super crazy. Well, why were you there? I can't talk about it, bro. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> if I tell everybody, I'd have to slowly kill everybody on the show. Slowly. All right. Okay. <laughs> Romantically. <laughs> but pasta, wasn't it? Isn't it? It's possible that it's it's just straight ESG related, right? That 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 the the reason why they're having all of a sudden, seemingly out of the blue, problems with feeding everybody is. They've made them go to a lower energy consumption um, component, a factor of the ESG that the I, that the the uh, World Economic Forum and, and its partners are pushing. Right? Is that is that is that it's got to be at least part of it, right? If not, you know what? I, I don't know, and and I'm having a hard time. Kind of, I'm trying to learn this whole situation with these some of these fertilizers. From what I understand, 
they can be really, really bad. But I believe there was also kind of a push from Naranda Modi, right, the neighboring country at one point when he wanted to switch to a lot of these these chemical fertilizers where he can just mass produce crops of sorts. I Once again, I am not familiar with the practices. That's something I usually lean on Steve for. But, you know, I did see something to the tune of when they were complaining about having to switch to fertilizers and whatnot. So I don't know if it is one of those kind of ESG world economic forum kind of plays. So. Yeah. Asta, can we just say you look great, buddy? Jesus Christ, dude. What do you got? Full blown AIDS. Where's all your weight go? Well, you know, I was on a show with my friend, Brett Ernst and uh, Sam Tripoli and Sam Tripoli called me out for my Italian man tits. So <laughs> We had Tim James on the show. I followed his advice, and now I'm down about 15 pounds. So I don't you know look great, bro. You look Let's, great. No bullshit at all. I swear on my life. At the minute you said Tim James, I got a text from Tim James asking if he could send me the link to the call. So he's going to jump in. Real yeah, quick. Tim's great. I love him. Well, it was a combination of getting embarrassed by Sam Tripoli and, and uh, Tim's advice, and I just went with it. And honestly, uh, uh, Sam, you were an inspiration when I saw you. You looked amazing. So for the last five weeks, I've been pretty, pretty good doing doing what I need to do. You so look thank great, you. bro. You look I appreciate great. it. Yeah. I appreciate it. When I have sex with those dudes, they look good. That's for you. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of chaos going on in the world. I don't know. Does it have anything to do with CERN being turned on and multiple timelines and all that stuff? We're seeing Armenia. I know none of you guys care about my people, but my people are are, uh, really upset with their government. They're about to start shredding people. Like when, when a restaurant in Glendale says they're out of hummus, okay, they're about to start ripping people apart out there in uh in armenia so i i I, we're starting to i think i'm always the optimist bro i'm always like i just think just people are waking up more and more and good things are happening so that's just my opinion any black pills want to shit in my birthday cake real quick No, but I'm curious your guys' take on, like, uh, what is that, Boris Johnson and a bunch of people stepping down and then Abe getting whacked and then what's going on in Sri Lanka? Yeah, the world is crazy right now. It's fun. I'm enjoying it, like, eating popcorn and watching, but... Or like the end of Fight Club when we're just watching all the bank buildings just crash. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's weird, right? Because there's counting on which day it is, you you feel like you're winning or losing. You know, certain days, Tease and I have actually were just talking about this not too long ago about how it, it's it's almost like you know, obviously the world of many people have woken up because they were forced to pay attention to stuff that they've been ignoring and neglecting for a long time. Mostly our shows, stuff that we do. Like most people have been neglecting it until 2020. Then all of a sudden it's like, what was that podcast that talked about conspiracies? Oh yeah, now I'm interested because I'm living through a conspiracy. Uh, So I think that's good and that's a step in the right direction. But I I definitely think that it still amazes me that people still, you know, kind of, laugh about or dismiss child trafficking or pedo or whatever and any of that stuff 
and so I, I guess my point is like, isn't it amazing how like it one one day you can feel like the world is waking up little by little, and then another day you can talk to those people that you think are waking up about something, and they look at give you that same conspiracy theorist look that they gave you prior to 2020. So and then it's like, okay, well, some people are just always gonna just believe the mainstream narrative regardless, and they're unsavable. But it's um, so yeah. So I mean, I guess based based on your environment and who you're hanging out with and who you're talking to, and you know, your your opinions can change on on if we're winning or losing. But I think we're we're definitely all helping, and it's a step in the right direction. Seeing so many countries being upset and and protesting and and do, but again, and then the concern is like, okay, they take down a government and then just a new corrupt leader will come in and then it'll be the same nonsense over again. So I guess that's uh, the black pill take. Hey, uh, Ricky, you're shredded too, bro. You're swole. You, you lifting dude. I've, I've been lifting for a, for a long time, my friend. Nice. If anybody, listen, anybody wants to hear me talk about uh, keto or uh, carnivore, paleo, any, you know, my three favorite diets, uh, I, I do them all, uh, counting on what day it is. I fast every day. So every time I, you see me on one of these shows, if we finish at nine, that's when I eat. And I, I don't eat all day. I go to the gym every morning, typically around, you know, between five and, and seven, counting on how early I have to be at work. And um and I don't eat all day. I uh I just take electrolytes in my my water to get me through the day and caffeine so I can stay fasting and I feel great. Keep, keep your body in ketosis, you know. And um and I've been doing it for many years. And and it's funny because uh okay, I got some. How about these bad boys? Um, oh, look at those arms. But uh Jesus. so but it was funny because it was like kind of my first conspiracy that I got into, getting into fitness and diet and all that stuff, seeing how the food industry could lie to a public and then slowly um, that uh, rabbit hole evolved into the medical world because and then you're like, oh shit, there's all these ways you can cure yourself and help your health by eating right and exercising and all this stuff. And, uh, and yet, you know, you go to the doctor and they, you know, they give you the same nonsense, uh, you know, dietary advice and they try to get you on a pill immediately. So, um, you know, cholesterol was one of the first conspiracies I got into. Like my dad has the highest cholesterol out of all his doctor's patients. And when I was younger and I would have to go translate for my father at, um, at the doctor, uh, I would like argue with him on the way home. Like, dad, like the, the doctor's saying you're going to die because your cholesterol level is higher than your credit score. And like, you're going to, you're going to die. And then he's shown off. Yeah, <laughs> he was. And, but his energy levels were always high. I'm like, and then year after year would go by. And it, you know, that's the thing about many of us in the alternative media community, right? Like things like that happen. And you're like, I don't know what to do with this, but I'm going to keep it over here. And then eventually something else is going to pop up and I'm going to connect these dots. So that cholesterol thing was one of those things where I'm like, there's something really interesting here because I'm starting to think the doctor's full of shit or what he's telling me about cholesterol isn't what it really is. And uh, you kind of just left it there. And then as you start unfolding, you know, the whole thing about, you know, just how you start understanding that like medicine is a business and it's really easy to just say, Hey, like let's have a really low cholesterol level to what we consider an average cholesterol level. And then we, um, we get people on a pill much quicker. And yet, you know, the average heart attack, um, they have, uh, you know, low or, um, the average heart, heart attack has average uh, cholesterol. So it's like, you know, it's not cholesterol creating all the heart attacks. So it's like, then why is everybody going on a pill 
that has all these side effects and could lead to heart attacks. So it's, you know, and well, Tim, so as, a, as, a, as a fitness guy, like how does Hunter, Hunter Biden stay in shape? Is it, it can't be keto is probably crack, but he does have muscle definition and you'd imagine like all that crack would eat away at muscle. Is that, am I thinking wrong about this? How, have you seen how shredded homeless people are? Dog? Oh That's yeah. Shredded, I think it's just being dude. skinny. Okay. It is. You have it's like the actors; they're just bone thin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at Africa, right? Like or, or any part of the world where they're starving, they all look like CrossFitters. You know, I mean, they're all like super, like lean and like veiny. And I'm like, it's and that's why I one of the few things I get a lot of shit on my show about is um every once in a while, you know, we'll, we'll bring up um people who are heavier and whatever. And I'm always like, listen, there's no really f- obese people in places where there's a lack of resources and that tells you that like there are people who have uh, lower and faster metabolisms that's true that's not a myth but it doesn't mean that you're incapable of losing weight it's like everybody's capable of losing weight you know everybody's uh, capable of, of getting and get, you know what losing weight's also not necessarily mean you're healthy i know plenty of really skinny people who aren't healthy because they eat like crap they just don't eat a lot and they don't have any muscle or um uh, cardio because they don't ex- exercise so ricky have you heard of the hispanic paradox no what's that it's this I, I read about it like in mainstream news so i don't think it's disputed that hispanic or Spanish-speaking immigrants in this country, in the U.S., live longer, have a longer expected lifespan than Americans who are people who were born here. And it doesn't matter what country they came from. And I was listening to Dr. Jennifer Daniels, I think her name is. She's the one who went to Panama. Um, she's on, been on a few things. I think she's on Higher Side Chats fairly recently. But I remember one time she said she thought it was that people who don't speak English were not getting propagandized by the the medical care machine and that they were coming from different places with different diets. It had nothing. It was not at all correlated to their weight or their fitness or their exercise or anything. And I think the difference was something crazy like eight years. And I feel that way about my mom. She's just poor. She doesn't go to the doctor. She doesn't. She just doesn't. She's 93. And my daughter's like, let's just do what grandma does and watch Jeopardy and eat ice cream out of the tub. And I'm like, because she's just the doctor will give her a pill and she'll like break it in half. I don't think I need the whole thing. And she's just she's so cheap. She doesn't have extra resources and she never goes to the doctor. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that's for everyone, but there is a thing called the Hispanic paradox, which could be that the number one uh, correlation with living longer is not being able to be propagandized by the medical establishment. Without a doubt. I mean, like my parents grow, like if my mom goes to the doctor and she doesn't get a pill, she's upset. She's like, this was a waste of my time. And I'm like, and it it shows how naive she is to how dangerous the pills are. Like they, she's, she just believes because coming from Portugal and the old country, like doctors actually were there to help you. And they would recommend things that weren't even necessarily, um, you know, uh, synthetic medicines and what we call drugs here, but things that, you know, like root extracts, teas, they would suggest all those things. It'd be a mixture. And, um, you come to America, it's like, Oh, I want a medicine. And it's like, yeah, but in America, the only medicine you're getting is a drug that has tons of side effects. So you might have a symptom that's easily resolvable or a symptom that is maybe even temporary, you know, that maybe will go away something, you know, not that serious. And they'll give you a pill and that pill is going to cause other symptoms, which leads you to eventually come back and then get another pill for that symptom. And it's so then you're on so many pills. You don't know if the symptoms you have are due to some type of 
external conditions of, of you know, um, just breathing in uh, paint or some uh, synthetic materials, because that's another thing that uh, people have to think about. It's like you're, you're in a house, you're, you're, oh, let me air seal it. Well, that also means you're breathing in all the synthetic shit that's in your house. You're not getting fresh air. That's why sometimes airing out a house, it feels nice. Well, it feels nice because you're also getting some fresh air, you know, which, which helps. And, um, and same thing with like sunscreen. That's the other uh, thing is like people keep putting on tons of sunscreen. I'm like, you're getting no vitamin D. Every time you're in the sun, you're layering up with sunscreen. You're getting no vitamin D. You're wearing sunglasses. So you're not getting it. You know, you're seeing the light, seeing the blue sky, like all that stuff is helpful. We're living such a unnatural lifestyle. You know, you look at like all the research coming out with like gut health, right? Like we we've known forever that the gut mind is connected. That's why we say, Oh, I have a gut feeling. Follow your gut. Like you listen to your gut. Like, and then it's like, Oh, look, have you heard this new research about your gut being connected to your brain? I'm like, you idiot. We've been saying, you know, I have a gut feeling for a reason. It's because we have, we've, and this goes like Graham Hancock and some of their research that interesting stuff about how there was wisdom that was gathered and lost. And now like modern scientism thinks that they have it, uh, they can reinvent the wheel and they can recreate things and, and find a better way of living. And this, you know, this goes into a bigger question, like what is progression? We keep thinking we're progressing, but we're not progressing. You know, we're, we're more unhappy. We're more depressed. We're, we're you know, we we're more work than ever. You know, so it's like what, what we have to rethink what is progression and what what are we leading up to? And we know that the answer to that it's transhumanism. It's, um, you know, synthetic food so they can control our food, electric cars so they can control where we go. Um, everything's about control. And, and well, and that that goes back to the Sri Lanka thing and the Dutch thing, just on the same breath as their warning against food shortages. They're coming out with these policies that will create food shortages. I mean, anybody who's not like you started out by saying, Ricky, anybody who's not seeing this stuff as like I did a deep dive on perfect storms. And I said, like, every single factor that is contributing to this thing that they're like, well, we have this perfect storm. Like, it's almost always a function of a bunch of minor but really bad government policies that are kind of like pro-cyclical. So like you have this problem, food shortage, and then they have all these policies that make it worse. And it's pretty transparent to me that that is part of what's going on there. I, I can't believe that we as people just sit here and just take what our politicians do. I mean, it's like unbelievable that there aren't people losing it about whether it's true or not. And I'd like to hear Biden sending all this oil to China. Like, we're just like, oh, meanie guy. Why are doing that? I, like, I think nobody does anything. I think we're on the precipice of like, I finally believe that we can, that it's just a matter of people believing the propaganda, that they actually just believe that mainstream media stuff. And that I feel like that we could be on the precipice as like a bunch of different people, but who can reach a lot more people and maybe reach across international lines that that maybe we're at a, we could be at a tipping point where people will just not believe it anymore. It seems like it's absolutely critical that people believe the total propaganda. And I just, I think that one person here maybe will just break through. And or you talk to Ole Damagard and we're, some of us are going to talk to him later. I mean, maybe he is the one just to break through and people like, you know what? I just don't believe it anymore. And that I think could start the dominoes falling. I no. believe. Hate to be the white pill, but <laughs> I think there's I a possibility. white pill, Monica <laughs> Perez. 
Sorry, I love it's not my white job. Pill, mom, pill, <laughs> yeah, I know. Usually you're like black pilling everybody. We're all everyone's crying at the kids' party, but you just showed up and like gave me. I love it. I think it's possible. I think somebody could could break through. I just I feel like there's a chance at this point because it's just 100 percent propaganda like the Roe versus Wade thing completely drown out all the gun control. They were they passed these gun control laws and then all of a sudden they did Roe versus Wade and they did Chicago and nobody talks about the actual details that were in the, the gun control bill that the Senate passed, Congress passed and Biden signed. And I just thought, wow, they're really so they I think they did that stuff just to keep people from talking about the details like there's just still it's just this critical thing that they just have to keep screaming on our faces so we can't think. But I mean, it's got to get old eventually. Well, it's like the emperor. It was it was a little kid who pointed out that the emperor was naked and that gave permission to everyone else to start saying, hey, the emperor is naked. And so in and I was having a conversation with someone the other day. I'm Cam Harless, by the way. Um, and uh, we were talking about that. And I think that maybe the best way for us to do this, and at least it's been how it's worked in my life, is by breaking down these walls through humor and through story. Because I feel like so many times we have people spouting statistics or graphs or figures when people are compelled by story and change their mind through story and through jokes. So if we can find a way to make it make it okay to make fun of the emperor, I think we're going to go a lot farther than if we just power drive charts down their throat. Hunter Biden is the emperor. Sense. He's naked. I mean, come on. He's everywhere. Everyone's pointing it out. And I, I think that's, you know, I was talking to uh, Tease about this a little earlier about um, why I think Sam and you know OBDM and Tisa's work and you know even Charlie who who doesn't take these things too seriously and has some humor I think that connects with people people like that because it can get very depressing it can get very uh you know you can black pill yourself just by going down some of these rabbit holes and it's through humor and laughing about it, I mean, one, it, it I think it, it helps us consume the information. I mean, Alex Jones is awesome at it. You know, he's he, he'll get you the information and and make you laugh at the same time. And you know, uh, another thing, Tisa and I were talking about earlier is how you know I have this theory that it's like if you don't understand his sense of humor and you just go there and you see the guy who's acting kind of crazy, and then you're getting all the crazy information with it. Like, it's like, oh, my God, this is I can't take any of this seriously because he's telling me that the shooting was a false flag. He's telling me which is hard to believe. And he's screaming and sweating at the same time. So it's like it's hard to consume it all. But somebody like us, you know, who already been red pilled and we can cons- we're looking for that information. We love shows like that because it's like, OK, I can get the information that I've already come to the conclusion I know is is real and this stuff does happen. But he's given it to me in a entertaining manner. So it's it's which is better than, you know, sometimes just my show. Even sometimes, you know, it's just like information, information. I'm sure it can be a little uh, overkill. I mean, you're not getting information from me. I'm an idiot. But for my guests, you'll um, you know, it might be overkill. So. Uh, you know, I think that's why Sam can do 120 shows and they're all successful because people love the fact that he's going to give you information and a good laugh at the same time. I got 12 new ones coming out. And I tell you the term I have for late, like Alex Jones acting crazy, saying true things, but discrediting them. So for him, I coined the term taint agent. 
because he just taints everything by he's like gun control is bad and then he jumps up and down on the couch and you're like okay that's it's not bad but he's a taint agent can that be the name of this episode the taint agent sure you yeah fine just don't say monica said you know like i always get the where ron paul's sex dreams was the last i was on the tower power i was like taint i had agent. one dream about ron paul they named the whole episode anyway but did you hear about hunter biden do you know who hunter biden's wife is we can't just we can't just overlook the, the yeah i mean you can't just say you've had sexual oh. dreams about ron paul and not talk dream singular <laughs> I need details. <laughs> for, the, for the record, you do know mo- most people don't remember uh, like a huge percentage of their dreams. So don't, you mean you only remember <laughs> one? It doesn't mean you... I don't know. I really have very little memory, but I know I think my mom has a thing for him too. She'll be like, there's my sweetie. There's my honey. FF to the Ron Paul pots. But yeah, so I maybe got it from her. But uh, yeah, so I'm a big Ron Paul fan, but I'm going to gloss over that because... Uh, it's embarrassing. And Hunter Biden's wife. Do you did you ever hear the story of his wife? Great that, transition. Yeah. They went they went on a blind date. Somebody set him up on a blind date with this chick. A week later, they got married. She is South African. If you I actually read Ole Damagard's book on the Olaf Palm assassination and all sorts of like freaky stuff came out of South Africa. I don't I don't know if it's whatever, like the uh, South Africa, Israeli, MI6, you know, continuum or what. But when I found out this chick was South African, they knew each other for one week. And I mean, obviously, I think she's his handler now, but nobody ever talks about her. And I think it's kind of an obvious tell that that guy's got to be on a real short leash. I mean, dude, I used to do drugs. I kind of said I missed the window. To party with him because you know he'd bring all the drugs. You wouldn't have to pay for drugs. And just the only problem would be like, dude, put down the camera. Stop filming this shit. Can't you just live in the moment? <laughs> like your How? grandfather used to do drugs and not to film everything. Can't How did he and Epstein not rocks? hook up? What? How did he and Epstein not hook up? I, I mean, they did. Dude, many times. Oh, they did? Oh, okay. I hope you don't think that, right? I missed that. <laughs> okay. They did. Oh, like as a camera guy or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe Hunter could be the camera guy. I don't know. Get creative, Jeffrey. Just, dude, who it's films the their crack? I, the, the other thing, too, like I, somebody was saying how Joe Biden, like he, they can connect with him because it almost seems like he's, he's hurt by his, his son's actions. And, I mean, I I don't know if it's a reflection. And again, I don't. I I had what decent- actions when he calls him a a pedo as his like name for him in the emails. Like, it's like so crazy. Was he calling pedo Pete or something like that? Who, who is pedo Pete? Does anyone know That's that? That's Joe Biden. Is it? That's I mean, I would. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Let's let's be honest. Anybody who thinks Joe Biden isn't uh, how he hasn't got caught doing something somewhere is like mind-boggling because the the guy i mean you just see the stuff that he does on camera it's creepy imagine the stuff he does have sympathy for anybody's like you know he's kind of just sad that his son's a crackhead you're like well then why did he pass all those crack fucking laws he should have been stopping those laws to take care of his kid it's just weird yeah be a parent like maybe you could have prevented it if you weren't more worried about your career than uh, you know, becoming a parent. I mean, I'd love to know how present he was in in his life. So, according to the New York Post, Joe Biden wrote to his son Hunter and other close friends using the pseudonym P. 
Peter Henderson, which was a fictional character uh, invented by Tom Clancy. So he would use that name, uh, Pete or Peter, very often. Where does Pedal Pete come in? Well, because Joe likes to, you know, do things like that. (laughs) But as for the... The pedo. Hey guys, Maverick Matthews. Um, does does do we not remember him sniffing children? Oh yeah, he loves. Oh them. yeah. There's there's all these videos of him picking up children and sniffing them, and it's just oh, like that's okay, that's a normal thing people do. What? They well, picked, I'm sorry. I think me, they picked obvious. Joe Biden because he has so much saying. Like, has he done anything? He plagiarized over and over. He lied about his 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 college. He's lied about a million things. His wife's. Death in a car wreck is totally suspect. He lied about that for decades, that that was a drunk driving incident when it wasn't. I mean, the guy's been he I think they put him they picked him to be the front man because of this. He's a a disaster. disaster. He can't stop lying. That's the problem. There's like we've got enough on you. Like, it's good. Stop. Well, like, he definitely was picked because nobody voted for Joe Biden. You either voted for Trump or against Trump. Nobody voted for Biden. And so, but that's a that's an interesting take. The idea of that all the skeletons in his closet benefited them because oh yeah, now he's controllable. I mean, they they literally have tons of blackmail and tons of ways of yeah, one hundred percent. Which is done over and over again. I mean, that's what the whole Epstein thing, you know, allegedly a lot of people think that was the big part of it was to control all the people that were involved and, you know, and use it as blackmail. Graham, you want to go? Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. Yeah. Well, not only that, but during the whole presidency, like you can't, he was protected by that as well, right? Because then all of a sudden you're slandering somebody running for presidency. So it protected the whole cabal having him run. His son just seems like so much planned opposition to demoralize us just to make us feel like shit about you know, even the possibility that we can put someone in there. And the, and the idea that anybody looks at this and goes, we'll get him next time. We'll, you know, we'll find the next guy. It, and I mean, at this point, it, is anyone here actually voting? I'm thinking about it, but maybe not. I, I vote for Ron Paul <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it counts who's running, right? I mean, I, so wait, if you're if you so you're saying nobody should vote. So then the people that do vote are the people that pick who's the next person to try to run this country. Our last president was elected then by the system. No, I don't think no, any elect. No. I don't think any president has been elected since they started using the machines in the 70s. I, I think totally every, every president has been chosen by the bank and cabal. Right now, they are running our country. We are in an oligarchy, in my opinion, right now. I don't think anyone in government has any power. They're all being blackmailed by BlackRock and and the Rothschild. I mean, the banking cabal took over our country. They took over every country. Their goal is this public-private partnership where our government means nothing, our votes mean nothing, all of it is controlled, and the government itself are just baby babysitters for their great reset world. And, And it's like every country is imploding because the IMF, the World Economic Forum, that these crazy sicko bankers at the very top of the food chain have infiltrated 209 countries as everyone sat there allowing it to happen. And now every country is saying, look, we don't want this anymore, but we're so far in. How do we take our countries back? No, I don't think there's left or right or, or Republican or Democrat. It's a uniparty of criminals and they don't want anything to change. And that's where we find ourselves now arguing about left and right or who's running at this point is like 
wait a minute, they, we, we already lost our country to these banking psychopaths. And at this point, it's like, we, we got to figure out how to deal with this. I'm looking the other day, I did a deep dive on BlackRock. I will tell you right now, BlackRock is running our economy into the ground on purpose because that guy running BlackRock also is the architect of the Great Reset. And he's the head guy at the World Economic Forum. He's behind the ESG and he's doing this to every G7 country while every G7 leader is in on it. So, so I mean, where are we? We have to figure something out. Now, Mel, you you brought up uh, a good point, but there there is that dilemma, right? Like, there's a lot. There's you have two different types of thinking where you can agree that the whole system is rigged, you know. But uh, again, like, how much they rig it? Does your vote really matter? I mean, I think electoral votes. I mean, you don't need uh, rigged. Uh, machines like the electoral votes kind of a joke anyways because it's like if i live in massachusetts if i want to vote red what what's the point there's literally no point of, of voting so this idea of what when they promote oh every vote matters every vote matters i'm like well, it counts which state you're in which is just a handful of swing states but for example if somebody was running like the sanchez or trump or somebody that uh you might be more of a fan of would you still you know, say, hey, you know what, like, because the whole system's rigged, I wouldn't bother? Or do you think like, hey, you know what, it's worth a shot, let me throw it in there. And, you know, what what, what do you think, Mel? Because I know that, obviously, I think you have to look at the person. Uh, you know, I, I think that left and right Republican and Democrat is the biggest lie we've bought into this whole time. Uh, you know, it's just it's a total farce. It's always been a farce. Uh, a good friend of mine that was involved in she was a, a victim of the government, but involved in the 70s was there when Gerald Ford and everyone were coming up with like, OK, we got to get the machines. We can't let these people in America really have votes. You know, we're going to divide them and let them think that they're on a team, really. And that Professor Quigley, I'm sure some of you know about him, who wrote a lot of the original books of warning us about this, said the two party system should be so close and so have so much in common, just uh, small things they disagree on. That when there is a shit, the crappy politician, they should all agree that that person sucks and they need to go. And and now now we're at a place where, you know, it, it's my opinion that it, it's person by person. But I fully believe that the only hope for this country is is in the states and local uh, action taking over because the um, the amount of of bribery and and honestly these contracts. The more you dig into every state by state. You see how much the every state has to get people in there that open the books and figure out where their state ends and when the D.C. swamp begins. If, if we could all start figuring out how to get the D.C. swamp out of our lives and have them do their jobs that but that's going to take, I think, a local action ability. And I've been saying to people, one way to do it is to get your money into local banks that are putting money back into your community. Or if there's a business that's lacking in your community or there's something you love and you can find somewhere in America that it's lacking, go start that. I, it's like I'm, I just feel like we all keep feeding the beast. Like, God bless everyone that still has their channels on YouTube. But I, I keep thinking, you know what, for your whatever you're doing on YouTube that you censor yourself and you continue to keep your channel. That's great and all. But at the end of the day, you're just feeding the same people. These are all this is such a small group of people that are controlling this whole country and frankly, the whole world that, um, you know, it's going to have to be on the local level. But we should also, I really think, start taking it back personally uh, and really doing the best we can to say, I'm not going to, you know, have that happen. And, and what's really scary, I was dealing I was with a bunch of people over the weekend 
that are trying to do something about some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, even in the school boards, they, they, these, are, these aren't people that care about your kids. These are people that are looking to climb into politics and climb their way up by using that position and, and the city council and this and that. And it's just, they're all such criminals. And all you have to do is cut away some of the fat and you're gonna see they've, they've taken contracts, they, they've been bribed and bought off. I mean, we're, we're at a real place in, in time where we have to kind of, I think it, it's, it's gotta stop being about left and right, Republican and Democrat, even independent, whatever. And it has to start being about the individual saying, what am I gonna do here in my, in my sphere of influence and starting there. I think there's something weird going on with the like that voting might actually have some impact. I've noticed like when the Ukraine coup happened in 2014, they were about to have an, another election. And that guy, Yanukovych, who was the democratically elected president, might have won again. And our people who did the coup over there, Victoria Newland and those guys needed it to needed the like uprising in the Maidan to happen before the election. And if you'll notice what just happened in UK with Boris Johnson resigning, he won in the biggest landslide, I think, since Margaret Thatcher a couple of years ago in the general election. And just one month ago, if I have my facts right, he won a vote of confidence from his party. So there were any kind of democratic process or any kind of established process was not going to get him out. So a couple of upstart cabinet members, which are on his in his own party, I think, um, or whatever on his team, started this domino effect and pressured him into resigning. Now, I think he's totally an inside job and he was probably like they were probably hoping that there was he was looking for an excuse to resign and it looked like, well, I'm just going to resign. But no real process led to that. So I didn't haven't dug into the Sri Lanka thing yet, but it was weird to me because it's like, oh, my gosh, right. Mobs. It's like mobs. And then the the people resign. And obviously it's a big mess over there. So I don't know which way it's going to go. But I do see this pattern of if there's any chance for a process to be successful, they just throw a mob at it. And I right. feel like we see a couple of examples of that right now. Well, yeah, but the Sri Lanka thing is the World Economic Forum. That guy was a World Economic Forum young Yeah, leader. no, I know. Like he everything took the IMF money. Yeah, they've, it been, looks, they've been destroying that country from the inside yeah. out. And the people are so poor. They're not like us. They've yeah. had it. We yeah, aren't that. I, I once we're that, that poor, <laughs> yeah. and the policy going to happen. It was all like COVID stuff that led to this uprising, yeah. but I just and maybe maybe they just can't control protests that take people out once they start that being the way that things get changed. You know, that seems to be uh, it seems like the Western world is or in this country just tearing down any opportunity to use process in our favor. And even like when Brian Festa, your friend Ricky, was saying, like, we need to get the cases in court to set the precedents first because Otherwise, people will just come in and get these really bad precedents set. And then you can't even use the judicial system anymore to defend yourself because they're going to have all those bad laws in place. I just feel like, you know, even though I I feel like a self-limiting government is a utopian fantasy and this American experiment did not really work. I feel like there's some value in being able to kick the can with the protections that kind of we, our forefathers negotiated with stuff like the Bill of Rights and the process and jury trial, but those things are getting taken out one by one. So I think there may be some value in in voting, if only because it looks like they go pretty far out of their way to make sure either they're not counted properly or if, if there's no way to to 
um, screw up the vote. They'll just start a protest. I, I agree. The Sri Lanka thing, I haven't completely dug into it yet, but it did look like they were genuinely rebelling against. Uh, but you know what? Maybe they turn the screws on them just to get them to rebel. You really don't know yet. Maybe. I mean, like, isn't that the whole thing is like, you know, I did a great episode with Susan Bradford and her and I think a lot alike. It's not whatever, you know, you hear it all the time, even on conspiracies. But I, I do believe there is some um, if you go cultural Marxism, Marxism, communism, if you go back far enough. There's some Confucianism in it. And there is uh, this stuff of constant revolution constantly getting people to want to overthrow constantly, constantly, constantly. But I don't understand, man. And I think we as content creators need to really start having our listeners asking the questions. Why are we okay with law enforcement and our military protecting the people who are doing the scumbag shit? Even in this Sri Lanka thing, the guy already stepped down and the military is protecting him, letting him get out of the country. He's no longer your boss. Why are you protecting him? We really need to start getting the message out to law enforcement that we're protecting your rights too. And if you think that when the game is done, that you're going to lose a paycheck, we want to go back to what it was when we had law and order and we didn't allow these fucking predators. The biggest threat, you know, it's like the Unabomber and Malcolm X said, right? Rich liberals are really dangerous. Now, I'm a liberal, okay? So I saw some people getting, what? Yeah, liberals, man. We're talking these LA, San Francisco, New York people who have these really cushy jobs that they're probably just feeding off the Fed money tit where they're 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 working in show business in a in, a, in on platforms that nobody watches anymore, but the checks are still coming in to push the propaganda, okay? They can vote on a D or an R and not care about the ramifications of that because they live behind gated communities and they do all that. The, in LA, good luck getting anybody in Beverly Hills to, to vote R. And I'm not saying Republicans are going to save anything, but good luck getting anyone to vote outside <laughs> of, of the normal fucking Ds that they do every fucking year as they complain about gas, they complain about crime, they complain about the homeless, but they'll never vote against that because it's it's a it's a hive mind thing and they don't want to be the person that no one wants to talk to at, at fucking Netflix, okay? And it never really affects them. The only time the homeless fucking thing affects them is when they're driving to work and they drive right back to their gated communities. And that's the biggest problem. What's happening in these three cities, okay, is not what's happening in the middle of the country and everywhere else where people are struggling to figure out how they're going to pay their bills because they're all on this Fed money. And that's the most, and the Unabomber and Malcolm X were right. And I don't know how to reach these people. Because they just, they'll vote D no matter what in LA, no matter what in San Francisco, and no matter what in New York. And it's completely ridiculous because it's going downhill. I mean, they're literally making rules against your own best interest. Like, why does Joe Biden send all this oil to China? Why is the purpose behind that when gas is so high? To fucking work against us. But they'll never, ever say anything because they don't want to be the odd person out at their stupid ass job. And I'm glad you're getting upset because it, it's 
mind-boggling that the people in America aren't getting upset. Um, we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. By the way, Russia's winning, by the way. I don't know if people have noticed. They're winning. Uh, they're still selling their, their natural resources. They're making a killing. And yet, we're all struggling. And I, I've said this before on my show. Like when, when your plane is going down, you're supposed to put your oxygen on first because you can only save others after you save yourself. We're not saving ourselves. We're, we're literally killing ourselves and then saving other people overseas. And the price of everything is going up. None of us, I'm sure, is making more money. Like our, our incomes or salaries aren't going up with inflation. So where the fuck is all that money going? You know, who is making that extra money? And, you know, the, so to me, it's mind boggling that not more people are getting upset and sounding like Alex Jones and screaming. We should all be looking like Alex Jones right now and screaming and getting upset because everybody's struggling. Everybody's uh, we're getting screwed in every direction. And and yet, like people are just kind of OK when they read a headline saying, you know, we, we send a billion dollars to Ukraine for a war that most people don't understand. It, it just it's mind boggling. Seven billion, seven billion. Seven billion. Well, when I came on here, you guys were talking about overweight people. Now we're getting all pissed. <laughs> I know. Now I need a pill for my cholesterol and my. Dude, they're eating uh, more stuff, which is driving the price of everything up. That, that's why I'm mad at. So it's, it's kind of like somebody person. who is overweight that's upset about it. They're going to kick and scream because they're overweight, but they're still going to eat the ice cream. They're not going to make any changes. They're going to keep doing the same thing. So to Mel's point, if. You know, because if we're going to talk about political stuff, if we're going to continue to vote Republican and Democrat, if we continue to do left versus right, pro versus anti, pro mask versus anti mask, pro vaccine versus anti masking, max vaccine, we have to understand that is that's based on there's system scientists working behind the scenes that are very smart people and they've engineered all of this. It's to divide us working people. And I freaking guarantee you, I put my son's eyes on it, that the working people in Iran are just as good as the working people in China and the United States and in Venezuela. And if you guys just type in, you know, um, anybody can type in Google and look at uh, the protests like 2019, millions of people all over the world were protesting. They're sick and freaking tired. Working class people are sick and tired of being squeezed. And what happened then conveniently COVID came in and sent everybody home. But to right. Sam's point, 2019, I think the Time Magazine person of the year was the protester. So you have to wonder if they're not setting us against each other on purpose. Yeah, well, if we look and we just have a little history lesson, like how did how did we ever get free? Well, in 1776, we had to fight for it and bleed. OK, that's what had to happen to get freedom. But the blue bloods, the British, the elites, a lot of them stayed here. They never left and they plotted and schemed and plotted and schemed. And then. It finally got bad enough in the late 1800s where we had the Industrial Revolution. We had um, people working 12, 14-hour shifts, little kids working in factories. And the factories weren't like safe, okay? It was like dangerous. You could lose an arm. You could die. You were getting polluted. I mean, they still have asbestos commercials coming on from the 50s and 60s and 70s. So what do you think it was back in the 1800s? It was just another version of slavery. That's all it was. And then those pissed-off women started the working, the labor, those, those uh, bottoms-up movements. So once again, it was working class people fighting for the eight-hour workday, fighting for getting child, children out of the labor, and fighting to get urine and feces out of the streets, dead horses and dead cows out of the water supply. And those pissed-off women built the infrastructure. The plumber and the 
uh, the, the plumbers and the people that put in the infrastructure, they did more for our health, if we're talking about health, than anybody else ever did because they cleaned up the mess. And then, you know, if you look at all the, it was really bad guys. Like measles was killing like 14 out of 100,000 people at the turn of the century. That's a lot. Okay, people were dying. But by my, 1945, 1948, 97, 98% eradicated. It was gone. The measles vaccine hit the scene in 1963. So it was a big farm and medicine that saved us. No, it was the infrastructure built by pissed off women. And then the men joined in too. And then we fought to get infrastructure. And right now our infrastructure is basically a D in this country. It's a D. It's a D. We're, 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 we're almost a fail in infrastructure. So if we really want to improve this country, we have to realize that it's only going to be working class people getting off their ass and doing something. And that's the problem is because people just kind of don't know what to do. They don't know how to unite. But it really starts like for me, I just try to help people get their health back so that they have the health to fight for freedom. Right. And wake up and have more energy and mental clarity and then kind of give them, you know, we, we send people. I, I work with Dr. Shiva Iadurde at truthfreedomhealth.com. Uh, you know, there you guys were talking about weighted, uh, about voting. You know, I don't know if you guys have followed him. I know Sam has and, you know, and, and, and um, some other people. I, like, I've interviewed him about three or four times. I we have to him. all of it, like the elections interference uh, operations playbooks, one and two, his lawsuit at winbackfreedom.com, which I tried to access and I can't even access it right now for some reason. I was going it's like the judicial system's corrupt. It's all, it's, it's a mess. And you guys are all talking about it. So it's like, you know, and, and Alex Jones, I used to follow him, listen to him, but it's, he's an entertainer. What's the actual action, action steps? Like we need to unite. There's got to be some. That's why I like Dr. Shiba because he's actually an engineer and he's taking an engineering system science approach to fight against their system science. Otherwise, we're just bows and arrows flicking against somebody with a nuclear bomb. We have got to get down to system science and engineering approach to take, take them on. It's got to be working class people uniting worldwide. I'll tell you something that really caught my attention a year ago was that I got an email from Mike Halpern, who's been nice enough to join us here on the show. And he said, listen, um, we have found, we've been working on something that I think you need to see. It's really, it's potentially catastrophic and it's called, called the SPARS pandemic document that they put out. Nobody's really talking about it, but it's out here and it looks to be like a playbook for, you know, for how to run a pandemic between big pharma and the media and how to frame it appropriately and, 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 and what to do. And, 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 you know, he said, I think you should take a look at it. I think you should read it. I think you should watch this video that we did. And I watched it. And of course, it went like mega viral and everyone started talking about it. But I think part of it is is you have to get people angry. And I read that document and I was immediately angry at the audacity because I recognized this as a blueprint or like a, an outline for how to do this, not how to prevent it, but how to do it, how to make the pandemic successful to them. And I was mortified. And so I was, I was glad. And I had Mike on um, the show to, to kind of fill in the details of it. And I'm really, you know, I'm glad that you got that to me, Mike, but like, I feel like it, it sucks that we have to be pushed so far almost to our breaking point where we read a document that's laying out a blueprint for how to kill and how to convince a bunch of people to take injections that they know is going to give them mad cow disease in this fictional scenario. And you just had to get so angry about it and then just erupt out of it. So I, I, I'm, I just, I'm, I invited Mike cause I wanted him to talk about 
that whole process of data gathering and collections and analysis and how that all works and like how you have to, you work and work and work and you get to a point where nobody, nobody takes it seriously. And then all of a sudden you hit the right button and it pisses people off and it explodes because I think your video on spars did that. I think it did. Let me know if you guys can hear me. Can you guys hear me? It's yes. a little, little, fuzzy. a little shaky. How about yeah. now? Better. Is this better? Great. Yeah. Charlie, thank you so much for the introduction. Wow. So happy to be here. Yeah, I used to work for InfoWars for Alex. Everyone has a strong opinion about Alex, but that's uh, how he makes money. He is an amazing sales guy with those supplements. And so, yeah, if you can just understand that that's his business, you can take some of the research that the crew does in the background is really on point. And those writers for InfoWars.com are also really good too. But yeah, I recently found after the spars recently, do you guys know about the Plantopolis video? Has anyone seen that Plantopolis video? Mm Mm-mm. No, I'll put a link into it. But anyway, there's four scenarios that they put out in 2010. It is so to the point of what we're experiencing and what's going to happen next. They even say that Ukraine, the grain's going to stop coming from Ukraine. Russia's going to stop sending grain in. There's someone with a mask on. The next phase is to summarize, in case you don't get a chance to watch it, is that they're going to try to put as many people as possible in a smart city. And those are the people that are going to take the jabs that are going to keep complying with all these different new mandates that they're going to keep rolling out, you know, carbon taxes and pipelines and things like that. Like um, if you keep complying with this, they're going to say you're in this area and the people who don't, they even have some of these videos that show people like us that are rioting and that are pissed uh, in this other area. And she even refers to them as a, as a different group. So anyway, I'll put a link to it. But as far as what I've seen, I'm like a historian type person. Like I'm trying to, categorize everything by date it's the most accurate i've seen so far is Plandopolis, and i'll put a link to it so you guys can have it to use on your shows and stuff great just what i need another thing to get all f- crazy about wonderful but yeah i think the more that we keep reading these documents the more we, we see we're just living in this script that they figured out probably 30 or 40 years ago like hey we want to own the future how do we do that what do we want it to look like and so we need specific steps that we have to sell the public on to get this new, probably a permanent slave class with the technology, like you were saying with the engineering, because they have some of the best top engineers. They're trying to engineer permanent slavery for us. So that's where we're all going. If we can't figure this all out, if we can't figure out some solutions, if we're going to permanent technological slavery. Do they let us survive? Do they let us go? I think if you keep complying, only specific People can survive. I mean, the genetic engineering and these different things that they're trying to ram down on people. Oh, anyway, I'll put the links in. But yeah, this is a crazy time to be alive. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, the first thing that came to mind was like uh, Hunger Games and Logan's Run. So they're going to centralize people into these cities and they're going to make them think that outside the cities is just, you know, chaos and tech, you know, horrible things happening. Is it possible that outside it's it's paradise? It's fine? Is that within the realm of possibility that we all start farms and they, you know, because we're so remote and because we're not centralized and because we're not buying into the programs, you know, do they leave us alone? Is that even possible? Has or, anyone or do seen, they just vaporize us all outside the cities? Has anyone seen the movie In Time with Justin Timberlake? Has anyone seen that yes. one? Yes. I think that's as close as where we're going as possible. With like you get time and it changes by the day. They assign you specific time for your job. The next day you wake up and it's worth less. I think that's pretty close. 
I, I have a thought, guys, and I think it's I think it's an important one because I've I went through this in my head a million times. Like, how can I help people, working class people unite? I'll give you an example. Like with the mask, okay. Some people, why are they wearing masks? Well, because they believe in public health. They think that's good. That's why they're wearing it. So I had to learn to come full circle and stop yelling at them and call them idiots because I understand they're just trying to do good for the public. They don't want to hurt people. Okay, I get that. Now, they believe in the science, okay? Well, I have a document that shows even before the mask, that whole thing with the pandemic came out, it was a five-year study that shows when you wear a mask, you disrupt your oral microbiome, which is the gateway to your health, and you screw up the rest of your body because it's all connected. And we, have, we show that and it increases your chances of respiratory infection by 13 times. You can give that to them, but will they actually read it? Probably not. Their belief system is a certain way. So instead of uniting people on polarizing things where there's scientific research and people who don't have time to do anything because 74% of the population has $400 in savings. So why don't we focus on monetary? Why don't we focus on your quality of freaking life? And from those working class women, if we look at it from 1900 until 1970, about 200 million Americans striked for better pay and better wages. And in 1970, we stopped striking. There's only been about two to five million strikes in the last 50 years, and our incomes have plummeted. So based on um, uh, gross, uh, or um, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of the numbers, but um, based on GDP growth, somebody today making $50,000 should be making 120000 those are the numbers that we got with Dr. Shiva and through an engineering standpoint. So it's money. It's like, that's it. So if that doesn't piss you off enough, you have $400 in savings, 74% of the country. And, you know, it takes both mom and dad to go out and work. And now the kids are being raised by computers and people they don't know and daycare. It's all expensive. It's, it's, it's a complete mess. So why don't we just focus on quality of life and income? Because that's where it really hits most of us. Well, how do you convince people that are going to their job 60 hours a week that they just sh shouldn't go? I mean, it, I mean, we're getting to a point where if you read some of the reports where we, there might be such a scarcity within the next uh, few months where they, they might not have a job to go to or they might not be able to afford anything, at which point they may be forced to strike <laughs> just to keep the wage that they originally had and not for anything better. And I understand what you're saying. But uh, it doesn't seem like a lot of people have time to indulge in things they don't want to believe. Well, I again, I think it's like we have to look at how bad is it. We have urine and feces in the streets again. Uh, crime is way up. Um, you know, the quality of living is, is terrible. The jobs are, you know, there's a lot of jobs out there, but nobody seems to want to work or take them. And the ones that do are taking them. Um, you know, I had a friend of mine, he worked for, for Intel and he was like, no, I didn't want to change, didn't want to go independent. And then a year later they fired him. He should have went independent, but they, you're just a cog. You're either going to, as soon as they can replace you with a robot and in silico robot, your car, the carbon based robot, which is you is done. They're doing this. I interviewed a guy that worked at Amazon. He said, these robots are taking over jobs. And eventually as soon as they have a robot that can replace you, it's whichever's cheaper and better for them, you're gone. Yeah. So it. We have to, I mean, that's what you have to do. You have to, you know, you only need about 10% of the, of a workforce to say, we're not going to show up on Monday and that'll shut down that business. And they have yeah, to start Tim, paying attention. Real quick, Tim, I, I, I love, I love you. And I totally agree with everything you're saying, but there's also some that like, I've also gotten to a place in my life where it's like, why am I trying to save people? I, they get the same information I do. 
it's like even in my own family, people I would love, I would die for my family, right? There are people in my own family that just re- don't want to hear it. And now I'm, I'm, I'm shouting into the wind as loud as I can. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I want to save you, but if you don't want to save yourself, I can't. And that's the universe, man. You got to be, you got to be the first responder to your own problems. The information is out there. Is your life better after everything you've done, all the complying that you've done with these people? Is your life better? The answer is it's not. It's not even close. You know what? My life is great because I fucking went indie, worked out my own shit, took care of myself, Worked out my demons, still got a lot of work to do on that, but I'm trying, okay? I mean, it's like progress, not perfection. And it's like, why can everybody, we got what? How many? 14 people here on the show. All have decided to change their life, work on their stuff, and do that. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't tell you what to do if you refuse to look at the facts. If you still, I'm like, I have someone I love to death. She would still watch Rachel Maddow if she was on TV. All the lying that was done, she would still watch her. I can't save you. I can't. And I, Tim, I'm with you, man. I'll do anything you want. You're one of my favorite people. You know that. But, man, we're putting so much energy to save all these people. When in reality, we got to save ourselves and, say, and, and do that. All the energy we put out trying to change the system, I think it's a game. And the game is... Can you elevate yourself? And that's just my opinion. I can't, I mean, like, I'm done telling people about Pizzagate and COVID, the the bullshit that's COVID, or uh, Hillary stealing the election, or Joe Biden not getting the... Hey, dude, if you don't see what's going on right now, after all this shit and your life, your gas is high, you got drag queens reading to your kids in kindergarten. Like, if you think you're happier right now, I can't save you anymore. And I don't want to. I'm just trying to learn Croft Maga, buy a house, grow some groceries, and just figure out how I can leave a legacy for my children because everything else seems absolutely bonkers. And if you don't see it, I can't save you. If you think sarcasm is offensive, you're not living any life. And I'm, I, I just can't do it for you, man. I'm a well, cog. Maybe we should all just buy an island and move uh, in. I'm a cog. No, hey, dude, everybody, let's all move and find a nice little fucking plot of land. We all live together. And Easy to cluster bomb. I agree with you. <laughs> I think it only takes like 150 people and you can make your own town. You can incorporate it, make your own government. I don't like, want to incorporate. Sam, it. I'm making you mayor. I'm there. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm, I'm with Sam. So I'm a, I'm a cog yeah. in a corporation, and I work with some really highly intelligent, on paper people. I work in deep IT and cybersecurity, and insanely smart people. I probably couldn't convince them to strike because we all make a very good wage. I don't make any money for my podcast. I'm still paying off the debt that I threw into the show. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I'm not a professional podcaster. I've been doing it for years, but I don't make any money off of it. I do it because I like it. Uh, none, none of my hobbies make me any money. I do it all for fun. Um, and so I am a cog in the machine in, in Silicon Valley right now. Um, and I couldn't convince any of these smart people that things are not as good as what their day-to-day lives are because we make good wages. It, it all could evaporate very quickly with the, the market the way it goes and venture capital drying up and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, and so I am using my my resources right now to try to get myself into a position to where if it all goes to shit, I may be able to survive four more months than my neighbors. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And maybe along the way I can convince some of my friends that things aren't as rosy as what they, they think that they are, even though I don't suspect that they think that they're rosy at all. And so I think everyone, I'm, I'm aware of all the bullshit. And my, my game plan is to just try to make it to the final level. And if I got to be a cog one more year, then, then I'll be that cog. I don't know when I can pull the plug and do my own thing and if I ever can. Um, and so I'm, I'm getting paychecks from uh, corporations. And they're good people, the people I work with directly. But I can't convince them that uh, my view of the world is the correct one. Well, it's borderline impossible for one person to try to go up against the narrative that has been instilled in the American public. It's it's really hard to try to convince everybody. But what you were talking about, Sam, was like, I think what you were saying, too, is like, if we want to help other people, but we have to help ourselves first, we have to be that example. And we have to, like, build a community like I'm trying to do up here Commieville, Portland, Oregon. Uh, I've got some cool friends up here and we're trying to build community. And it's when things get more desperate, like Americans are fat and happy right now. Like you said, like it's hard to convince them when they still have paychecks coming in and they're comfortable. But when things start to get more uncomfortable, they're gonna be like, how, how are you still fat, Nate? How do you, you know, um, it's one of those things where you start to convince people by living your best life, by taking care of your kids, Sam, by taking care of your house and your community, you start to be an example. And then people are curious. People are like, what, why do you still have a smile on your face? Why are you happy? Why do you seem so white pill? Like the news is crazy. Ukraine, this, that, and the other. Why are you still have a smile on your face? You know? And I think that's where we start. Yeah. I, I want to say I, I see what Sam's saying, but I, I've been uh, I've spent the last two years on the road going to the Red Pill Expo and and any anywhere that I can go. I've gone to 21 states. I've driven all over this country. I go and I speak mainly about the lie that is the United Nations, what's happened to our country, things right out of uh, confessions of, a, of an international hitman and and the Fed. And, and that's my my wheelhouse. I like to explain what I believe that. The U.N. really is a fraud. That's the Fourth Reich. And we've all been duped and now we're paying for it. But I'll tell you, you go to a place where all over the country, people are trying to start groups, but the groups are all disconnected on on the other on Soros's side. He's very good. All of his friends at the Tides Foundation at getting groups mobilized and out there and everything. But people that love God and country and just want to know the truth, they have a very hard time getting together and what I found all over the country is all these people are trying to start local groups and and we the people groups and constitutional groups and none of them are connected. They're all small. They'll call and be like, I don't need to be paid to go speak. And I'll show up this weekend. We were Miriam was there. I was there. Zach, Zach was there. Uh, Jim Brewer. A lot of a lot of really good people were at an event. And when you go somewhere like we were this week, like we go all over the country to places nowhere 
Um, these people have been so isolated. We're lucky enough that we all found a platform and a voice and we have an audience of some sort that gives us feedback and we feel like we're in the game. There are hundreds of, if not millions of people that over the last two years have felt so isolated, so demoralized, like they're the minority, like something's wrong with them for questioning the narrative. And you show up and there's thousands of people and they they love God and country and their kids and America and, and they just want to feel heard. And I, I, I try to meet as many as I can. I've t I talked to probably a thousand people this past weekend and every single one of them says, you know, I lost my family. I lost my friends. I got lost my job, like all this stuff. And they, they just want to know what they can do. And, and the whole goal is to give you local action. You can do or groups that are local. I have a friend doing this, something Patriot impact. You can go on our website and find out every local group and you can look up every local politician running and who's funding them and do your own research. I say to them, you know, well, I don't have a podcast like you. I say, well, write a pamphlet and go put it on everything. <laughs> you know, go look at who's funding, who's running for your school board, your count, your, your, your town is being bought by global globalist bankers that want to destroy us piece by piece. It's very obvious. So my, my thing is, there is a sense of when you actually get people together that want solutions, there is an energy and a positivity that cannot be stopped. Uh, you don't, I mean, I, I'm very much believe in God. And then I, I believe that we are in a battle between God and Satan and, and good and evil. And when you get together with people that believe that as well, and that it's, you know, more of a, um, a mass awakening where you all have to say, look, we have all these differences, but we have way more in common right now in terms of wanting to save this country. It's less than 250 years old. And uh, believe me, it's not, it was never supposed to last. The uh, Charlie and I have talked about that the, the, the crown never accepted the American Revolution. They just went underground and started to infiltrate us from within. And we're there now. This is where we are. So I, I don't know. There's something to trying to convince people to keep fighting and to keep faith and to keep going, even though they lost their family and their friends and their jobs and they're ostracized and they feel alone. I don't know. Miriam, you were there this weekend. Yeah, people I just feel so grateful when they just are listened to and feel like they're not alone. Thank you, Mel. I, I feel like it's it's very much what Sam is saying. It's very much what you're saying. It's done for me. I don't want to help recruit uh, face diaper wearing people. I, and I try I vacillate between like thinking they're stupid and sending them compassion. <laughs> and we have to put our masks down. And we I think we all agree that the smart city is not the future. And so secure ourselves and find one another, which we have. And we're really lucky and going to these events. It's the people I will get on the plane and go through that BS uh, just to, to, to meet with these people. And it's exactly what Mel is saying. They are so happy. They're so positive and they love God. And, and maybe they're, they're more simple minded, but they have a thirst and they want to learn and they, they really have gratitude. And so it's like an open invite. You want to know, because we have to educate first. That's the first step. So it's not about like trying to, to, convince my vaccine damaged mom now it's like i tried right um, but the people will come and what are we going to do because they are very intent on this and i also want to say that what's coming what i've been meditating on and looking is like are we in a simulation and if we are i asked my mentor and i'm like well how many mpcs do you think there are and he's like um 
it's a big percentage. And then there's the players. And then there's there's players on different levels. And I know this sounds crazy to express it this way. And when also they find out that you're being inquisitive, you're asking questions, like you're a journalist, right? They're taking, they can take us out. They have shit lists on us. I, I believe that. And I feel that they tailor their torture to the person. But back to the people, it's like, so we're discussing now, how do we save ourselves? Where do we go? It's We need to be together. Of course, we can save ourselves, but just like you said, what, going to buy you four more months of food? So it's it's all of these things, but there are people there and they have been isolated and they're so grateful for this for this knowledge. And that's the first step. But then we have to think, well, what's next? How are we going to save ourselves when they're doing all these scenarios and, and they're troubleshooting? They're using Tavistock um, psychology and they know that it's going to go regional. They've, they've troubleshot all these possibilities. So then what? Are we just buying time? So anyway, that's a lot. And, and thank you. And, and I'm very, I just want to say I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you. And then if any of you listen to Brendan O'Connell, he, you know, he makes fun of us or content um, creators like like and subscribe. And, and, and he's created these pamphlets and, and he's encouraging people to go and give them out if it's been door to door or at events. Thank you. Well, Princess Leia, you can come here anytime you want. Okay, You're always welcome. Anytime we can get royalty on it. So I just want to say that, you know, I just want people to know that, uh, you know, what Tim was saying, I, I agree. Uh, but it's also what, you know, everybody else is kind of talking about in here. I'm really over trying to bang over people's heads that they got to understand this. But when we go to these conventions, this is where we make a connection. With my show, I put it out there. Those who hear it, get it. And when they want to get it and they want to be a part of the movement, that's what we do. I, I, I can't force people to wake up they got to wake themselves up and that's why i really want to because i'm with tim on you know mobilizing everybody pushing back but people got to want to mobilize themselves and i'm kind of over fighting with people about it and i just want them when you're ready to hear what we have to say because our batting average is pretty insane i mean we're batting what 950 900 I mean, that's the greatest batter of all time if this is Major League Baseball. So I think we're doing right. And look, we have a wide range of people here from liberals to conservatives to political people to conspiracy theorists. That's what this is all about. We are reaching people. And, you know, a lot of propaganda. I, I don't know how they're getting the propaganda out with with nobody watching network news now. And basically everyone knowing that most of your blue check marks are bots now. It's hard for them to disseminate their information. And that's why, in my humble opinion, I think we're making strides. We may not be winning, but we're making little strides and we're making it harder for them to do their magic on us. And that's my humble opinion. Anytime I, I, I get into a conversation with some where these topics come up, whether it's uh, COVID or uh, the World Economic Forum or these grand conspiracies, uh, and they look at me like I'm Looney Tunes. I'll, I'll just say, you do realize that the United States government has acknowledged the existence of UFOs. <laughs> After like 70 years, a thing that people never thought they would do, they are doing. They're acknowledging strange, thing, strange things going on. The reality has completely shifted. And it is a new game. We are so close to a Star Trek future um, that it, the whole entire reality could be flipped upside down. 
And sometimes I see a little spark in their eye. Like they, they, they forgot about those stories, that there's strange things in the sky. But uh, with, with that lead-in, sometimes you can open up a door to a different conversation that we might not be told everything uh, that is, uh, w- that's going on in this reality. But that's just one avenue that I use. I, I, people have different methods if you care to convince I, anybody. I'd like to jump in on that insofar as like the concept of what a simulacrum is. And it's a word that basically means a story that we're told that isn't based on a reality. So we have to create the emotional threads that make that story make sense so that we can then inhabit it as a reality. But it's never actually based on anything. So the story isn't based on anything. The emotions we feel are created to try and make it real. And a lot of how this whole thing works is the story that we're told so that we then invent the emotions that make it make sense. You know, we're so wrapped up in that whole process that it's it's turned it into like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And Sam's right in that he's talking about we need to do it when it's about ourselves and other people's perspective on what we need to do for one another. That's a part of the picture, too. So it's kind of one of those things where to escape from the self-fulfilling prophecy, it's going to be different for every single one of us and the moves that we need to make and the directions we need to take to be able to get where we're going at the end of the day because nature also organizes us and orchestrates us in that way puts you in a particular place in a particular time where you're supposed to be in order to have the stars align with everybody and that's the feeling that we're moving towards and that's what we're collectively wanting to feel sort of like the chorus of ricky and i were having a podcast earlier and we described that as the the beat dropping that's what we all want to know and we want to get in tune with so we can move forward and understand that we're with friends who are dancing the same tune that we are because otherwise they're going to step on your toes over and over again. So whatever your thing is, whether it's reaching out to other people or dealing with your own demons, just find the courage and it's the right path. Yeah, everyone has their own karma and dharma. And uh, if you believe in a spiritual path, and then I do believe that that magic that, that you mentioned of being in the right place or being drawn we have to remember that because the satanic um agenda is is trampling all over um sacredness and and i do think a lot of the people i mentioned on my talk and i I think mel would agree that they're too good to fathom the level of evil and i was raised a christian but and not to get into religion but but the 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 acknowledgement of like oh my god this is really fucking evil you know it's and then you can go and say well just like we eat animals maybe something is eating us they're using the louche and we shouldn't attribute evil to it Uh, but it is still a very they are creating a different species i don't know what cern has to do with it or not but this agenda to create like grime says a homo techno it is very much underway and it is the last of us in 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 a in a matter like zach was doing an interview at, and with red pill 78 i think and i heard him say it's only a matter of time like we can't change this and and i kind of shuddered and and i don't like that idea um Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. I think to expand on that a little bit, I feel like we are at an inherent disadvantage because we want to be left alone and we inherently want to leave other people alone. We're not going to be pushing authoritarian ideas based on this supposed greater good. 
So it's kind of like it also fits spiritually as well. Like we we kind of have this sort of open mind spiritual spirituality, but how do we how do we get past that disadvantage? Because we are at a disadvantage. I don't want to force people to do anything, but where where do we how do we how do we defend ourselves without turning into what we're against? You know, it's funny. I was watching uh, a, a really I highly recommended uh, this uh, series. It was only on for four seasons called Turn T U R N. And it's based on Washington spies and it's it's really fascinating but you really see what was going on here from like 1773 to like 1780 and you have to remember that there weren't that many people fighting the truth is and like um you were talking about before nate that like you know these, these small communities all you need is 130 people well go back and look at what was going on then because that's what was the country and these small groups and these very brave people that were like farmers and pastors and you know and the british are here and it's really amazing to watch to like watch and learn and see because this book washington spies is is really well uh you know research and document it and you're like god it was a, a small groups of very brave people men and women that got together in these camps and, and just were working, you know, side by side with nothing, no technology, no anything against this military that was so advanced. And the truth of the matter is it can be a small group of people that changes everything, but it's got to be a small group of informed people who know who the enemy is, who are on the same page and they don't have to agree on everything, but they have to agree on one thing, which is we're not going to let them take our country. And I think that that's all these guys didn't all agree. And, you know, they walk outside, they get caught by like the, the redcoats, their entire farms burned to the ground, their whole families hung, you know, the whole towns brought and hung in front of their, all their wives and children. I mean, this was their tarred and feathered. I mean, it's hell. But they still went out every day and tried to figure out how to fight the British with very little. And, and I just think that it was um, I, I after you watch that series, you feel like, well, if they can do it, we can do it. And I think we're at a 1774, 75 moment right now. And it doesn't have to be that many people. It just needs to be enough. And uh, I agree with everyone here. I, it's way past the point that there's plenty of information. If you don't understand that there is a, our country has been captured. There is a, like Charlie says, we are in the controlled demolition of America from the inside out and the outside in. And the only thing that's going to save America is a bunch of people who love this country who are willing to say we're not going to take it and, and to work together to stop it. It's so hard now, though. That, that seems a little more straightforward to me. It's a physical, you're in a physical war. Now we're in an information war. I mean, Sam mentioned that nobody watches the TV anymore, but all our fake newspapers need up here in Canada is to generate one fake headline that our government can use against all of us. And that doesn't even have to be real. And then the paper can go and later on they can maybe retract it or not. But the government's already used that. They have complete control right now in Canada. The propaganda is so thick. How do people and people it's going to take years for people to wake up here. But maybe not everyone needs to wake up. Maybe enough people need to wake up, but not everyone needs to wake up. Everyone will have to wake up eventually uh, because what you're seeing all over the world is the plan here. They, the diesel's about to run out. They're going to do the same thing with the fertilizer. Uh, BlackRock owns everything and is buying up homes everywhere. There are, I'm in New York City. It is a, a dystopian communist hellhole that they're about to reinstate masks inside and outside here. 
And there's a lot of people here who are still in on it. They're brainwashed. And, and what I've noticed is like the smartest people I thought before the COVID, like that worked at McKinsey and at Goldman Sachs and Columbia, they're, they're all in. They tell them to put on a mask and go get another shot. They're going. So it's like it's got to be the people that aren't the experts with the PhDs from the Ivy League schools that are groomed into following orders. It's got to be us, the people that are the union of the unwanted, which was the people who actually won against the British, supposedly, as well. You know, it's just that's where we are. I got something to contribute. I haven't been on this podcast before, but I did grow up playing a lot of team sports, played a lot of hockey growing up. And uh, if you guys follow any professional sports, team sports in general, like basketball and hockey, it's never really about having the best players. You can have the best team, like all the best players, the all-star team, you can still lose. And so what I'm trying to say is like, sometimes it's about putting people in different positions where they can thrive. I don't understand, like, why would you elect Trump again to be the president when he's never served in the military? It's commander in chief. Maybe someone like DeSantis might be better. But yeah, we're in like military times right now. We have to think more like that. More like team sports, like putting people in the right spots and learning how to collaborate to have a better team. Because on the Biden administration, they're constantly quitting. They're getting fired. Like it's a mess over there. I think we have to use that to our advantage to really unite people underneath. Something that everyone can get behind, but putting people in the right spots. You know, I wanted to contribute a little bit to here. Um, somebody brought up the dropping of the beat. I, th I think the dancing metaphor is so powerful. And yeah, it's simplistic. But if you think about a dance floor at any event, whether it's a wedding or it's a nightclub or anywhere, when it's empty, all it takes is one person to cruise out there and start dancing. One and drunk all of a person. It fills up. That's right. One person in this crazy bar we're in right now. But the minute that person goes out there, it fills up. And it's so you know, true because I'm always the first one on the day. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't I come on here to wax our car. I saw Miriam dancing her butt off down at uh, <laughs> Tom Doral. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm so grateful to be part of this community because we're the first dancers, gang. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't come on here to pat us on the back, but you know that the best way to teach others if they're going to learn is by example and by by leading. And uh, you know, and, and so I wanted right. to mention this also. You know, we have to remember that everyone's on a different path and we can't force anyone to do anything, not just because we don't want to affect their personal sovereignty, but because they won't learn anything that way. Like your job is to learn it for yourself. That's why we're here. That is why you're put into the crucible is, is you know, you can't be made into gold if someone else does it for you. So, you know, I got to jump off, but I'm super grateful to be here. And, and I do believe that we are making progress. You know, our, our numbers are growing. They don't want us to believe that people are having these conversations conversations on the street every day. I don't know about you guys, but the majority of people I stop and talk to, they're on the same page. They're all, we're on the same page. We know there's change coming. We know change has to happen. We may, not, we may not know the methodology yet. We may not have the techniques yet, but everyone knows it has to happen. So I'm just grateful to be here and, and I want to say thanks, y'all. Thanks, Maverick. Hey, Mel, thanks, to yes. your point, um, you brought up a really good point. It doesn't take that many people to make a change. Because um, I think what, what's going on in people's minds is they think that, oh, 320 million people got to get on the same page for something to happen. And again, if we go back to an engineering systems approach, um, like over at the Truth, Freedom, and Health movement, we've identified that we need about 50,000 trained Truth, Freedom, and Health warriors. That's what we need. So we look at, there's going to be a bunch of other people filling in other gaps, like Mike said, doing different roles, maybe doing data research, printing out flyers, setting up booths, doing, you know, coordinating, right? But we need 50,000 people to get trained worldwide. And we think that that 
from a system standpoint is what's going to flip the needle. If there's 50,000 of us, it's like dropping Jedis off. And it, and it goes back to what Maverick said. You could go into a town where nobody's on the dance floor and boom, one of, one of us gets dropped in there and boom. And all of a sudden the whole town comes in and another one, another one. So that's what it takes. And it goes back to what Miriam was saying too, was education. So the focus here is really got to be educating people on history and then giving them a path and a position to do something with. And they can go up the ladder, up the ladder with the education. And if they want to be a leader and a speaker and get out there and do that, that's fine. Or if they want to be behind the scenes, printing stuff out and helping out that way, you can contribute at some level. And they, all those parts and all those cogs are important. So I just want to let people know that it's not going to take 320 million people. It's about 50,000, but you need to, you're going to need to be trained. So if you want to be trained, um, you know, we're doing that over at truthfreedomhealth.com. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is once you do get involved, because I never wanted to do this, my whole life was shut down like everyone else is during COVID. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll start my own my own show. I don't know if anyone's going to watch. But I have to tell you that once you do start getting involved and getting out there and talking to people and finding like minded folks, you get more motivated. It, it, it There's a fire that starts and then the oh. fire grows. And then, you know, Charlie or, or Miriam or any of you, it's like, oh, I know that guy. And then it's like, oh, there, there's so many of us out there. And then I'm like, come on my show or come on. My, you know, And then it becomes like cross pollinating, I think is very important because we're not that far apart. That's part of the psyop. That's part of the Marxism. That's part of the of the dehumanization and, and division is we're not that far apart. When you take a, away all of the external nonsense, we, we all kind of have the same goal, which is, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness and leave us alone and we'll we'll be fine. Stay out of our lives. Like uh, Reagan said, you know, the, I'm the government. I'm here to help is like the most terrifying thing you can hear. So, you know, where I am now is is that I agree. Fifty thousand people I, I like the Jedi thing, but it's more once once you get that momentum going, the energy with or without you knowing it will spread and it'll grow and grow. And like I said, there's people all over this country trying to start groups in local communities and reaching out. And, you know, there's like, it's like AA for patriots and people that love America all over the country. They need like, they need to get back in the game. And I'll tell you it's, it's happening, but there are no unifying forces. So I'm definitely going to be in touch about your 50,000 plan. Cause I, I think that's plenty I, I honestly, I looked at the numbers of how many people fought the British. It's really shocking. So why not us? Well, that's like a yeah. force multiplier yeah. for 50,000 isn't really 50,000. It, it's exponential because they start impacting people that impact other people. So uh, it's it's really hard to measure what that, how do you quantify the impact you're having on someone when you explain what's going on in this world and they have the realization that they're no longer alone in their thinking. Like, how the fuck do you measure that? Where someone goes, oh, I thought I was the only one that saw this insanity. And you're like, no, no, man, we all see it over here. And they say, and he said, I didn't even know there was a you over there. I didn't know any. I thought this was just me. When that person wakes up, they are... They're very dangerous. <laughs> you know what I mean? They want to get out there and start work, going to work. But to have a framework to say this, you're, you're awake now, you're pissed off, you're rightly pissed off, great. This is what we're doing. This is the plan. So I'm, I, I support Tim. And of course, obviously, I support Tim. He's, he's, he's one of my favorites. And what you guys are doing out there is, is great. And, and, and I think that, uh, you know, look, if you feel like you're in a position where you have more 
money than time, then donate money to causes like this. But if you're in a position like most people where you have more, maybe more time than you have money, then donate your energy and your your willingness, share things, you know, spread the word, do what you can. Like it's really hard to to know how, you know, how your your information is going to impact someone. And it may just go right over their heads. But it may be that final thing that f- wakes them up and they go, oh, now I see it. Because we're all awake to the bullshit. We're not probably totally sure exactly what did it, what exactly it was that did it, but we're now awake to it. And we know that if you if you chip away at someone you know long enough, they've got to they've got to kind of want it. You know, you can't like do it to someone that's unwilling. But if they're willing to listen to you, and you you may just wake them up. And once they're awake, man, it's I don't know about you, but it feels impossible to go back to sleep right now. You know, something else that when I when I joined the Truth Freedom and Health Movement, we were we started getting people boots on the ground and getting out there because a lot of people think, well, I, I'm one little person, I couldn't do anything. I tell you what, I went and bought a banner. It said Workers Unite and then below it, truthfreedomhealth.com. I put it up over a freeway, went out with a friend, Heather, and we stood there and we had thousands of people going under the underpass, honking and waving and just, just it was like so empowering. You know, probably half a dozen, a dozen people will flip you off as they're going by during the three, four hours you're doing it. But it's just like, holy crap, there's a lot of other people. What Mel said, it's like, it could be one, one 80-year-old lady on a, on, a, on a corner with a sign that says, you know, I, uh, workers unite and uh, that that could change somebody's minds like wow that little old lady out there is doing it I, I should do that too and then they go to the url and they join they start getting educated and they go up the ladder up the ladder maybe they become a leader or maybe they start handing us i'm telling you it's really empowering and it feels really good you actually feel like you're doing something and you are because physics takes over at that point what you put out is what you get back it's pretty simple and that that is never going to change so I always recommend people get involved at some level, whatever that is, whether it's local, whether it's a truthframehealth.com, our group there at truthframehealth.com or another local group, just get involved, get around like-minded people and start taking action. And it just, it's like a, it's like a self-contained kid. It starts giving you more and more energy to do more and more of it. And then you just get around more people and you're, you're expiring other people. And, you know, and I think that's, that's the, that's the path. Yeah, just to touch more on what Charlie and what Mel was saying, it's like uh, for the for folks that are listening to this, one thing that you can do in your life is just be honest about this as you go through your day with your coworkers, with your family, with people. And because like something you were saying, uh, Mel, was like just how many people feel isolated and that no one else thinks the way they do. They when somebody else hears that, it can it can just Uh, like you said, make something explode in them because they've been thinking these same things. They feel isolated. They feel like it's that emperor with no clothes on, right? When somebody finally calls it out and then they feel more comfortable to talk about it finally as well. And it can just exponentially blow up, like you said. And so just be honest and true to yourself as you go through your day with every single person you encounter. And some people, like you said, six people might flip you off, uh, but a lot more people, a lot more people than you think are going to be really excited. So that means it, you know, it, it's about conscientiousness and consciousness and, and wisdom and heart, which, you know, they're very much attacking our hearts. And I, I tell people that in her six week lifespan, a honeybee will only create a quarter of a teaspoon of honey so that if you think that your gestures don't mean anything, just 
consider all the collaboration and that every little drop every little drop counts I, i'm interested to know i try to think of like okay you know two steps ahead what are they planning that's why i spy on lester fucking holt and i i wonder you know if they keep us six feet apart like what are what is the action plan if they're gonna uh, release these locusts or um if they're gonna come after and take us to the gulags or if if they say oh you're not a good parent a uh, cps is going to take away your kid if you don't jab them i'm just you know should we be thinking of this as fall is around the corner and as mel said they're going to bring back masks i think in la too inside well it's crazy yeah, I live in Tommy Hellhole, Portland, out here, so it won't be long before they throw masks on us too. But what, but I guess, what I'm saying is like, what is the action plan if we're we're kept apart? Because there is some truth in like we can't. It's great that we're creating content. We're trying to educate people. I don't think it comes close to being in the physical. Uh, like Mel said, like these people are touched forever. They're galvanized. They 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 want to do something. And like Charlie said, they're so revved up. They they can't. But we have to have a plan, right? I believe local for sure. But we are up against these um, communists. These these very woke people that will cancel you. That are I'm just saying in the every in the day to day. You know if. Uh, me saying, hey, I'd like to, is, am I calling the Philippines? I'd like to speak to, to someone in the United States. And like an hour later, we have a zero tolerance policy on racism and you're expressing racism and then you're banned. Like, I'm just saying like, what's the practical stuff that we should be thinking about? Agorism. That's the flag behind me. Uh, I love the counter economy. Uh, you know, when they start doing all these farming regulations, well, you know, I don't give two fine, fine shits. I have a farm in my yard and I've got chickens, I've got animals. Uh, go fuck yourself is my answer to their farming regulations. And I have friends down the road that also, because I live kind of in rural-ish, I'm north of Portland. Uh, they're growing, they have sheep, they got, you know, we're going to take care of each other and we're going to tell them to go fuck themselves. I mean, that's, that's easy. where it's easy to say, but when you got hungry, when you got hungry farm. neighbors, as another as another yeah. issue get to know your neighbor i mean that's my that's the other thing too is like get to know, like bring cookies and beer Go, well i'm sure your neighbors are hungry proteins yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but that's the whole thing is like get to know your neighbors bring cookies bring beer go over there say hello uh, i love getting to know like my listeners i get together in real life whenever somebody e emails me and say hey let's grab a beer i do it maybe they're fed maybe they're going to turn me into a lampshade it hasn't happened yet but <laughs> <laughs> like I love to get together with my, you know, with my listeners and uh, yeah, get together in real life. Take care of each other. I got some things to add here because over the last six months, I've been learning a couple new things, learning how to forage has helped me so much. I can identify plants in different situations. And recently I've been getting back to electrical engineering and mechanical engineering. And I think that's, in my opinion, the next step that whatever group is going to push humanity forward has to start learning engineering because all the engineers work for them. The engineers work for these guys. They're making these salaries. The average person has a podcast and we're using the technology. We don't know how it works. So I think anytime I ever learn a little bit more how it works, 
we get closer to being on their level because right like you were saying before they're engineering society in the future we're talking about technology so anytime we can learn more about the tech i think we take a step in a good direction well speaking of that um my background's a computer and so i built uh this my podcast like for backups i have like three backups and uh we're using something called the uh, IPFS, which does use the internet, but it's routed differently. Uh, the union of the unwanted is backed up on it, pod, my podcast, and ch- I'm backing up Charlie's podcast on, uh, on it. And it's a it's a point where we need to educate people on how this technology works, like just like you said, Mike, um, because it's not enough to just use it to get an audience, but we have to educate people on how it is used and, well, how it can be used against you. Um, there's more than Google out there. There's more than Twitter and Facebook. There used to be a web that you could search, and now it is incredibly difficult to find things. And hopefully with the IPFS, it will be more resilient and much more easy to find things. And also, uh, reading and blogs and RSS, how podcasts are distributed is absolutely critical for uh, distributing information and just getting comfortable with that technology. If you have to manipulate your own HTML, put up your own page, you got to learn how to do it now because uh, there's no time like the present to educate yourself on how this stuff works. And now you have access to the the knowledge right now. I think if this knowledge didn't exist, if you didn't have YouTube for tutorials, most people would be dead in the water. So (laughs) learn everything you can right now. Yeah, I agree with that, too. And there's another side to that, I think, um, in being strategic and planning. One is there's a lot of small banks that are local that still exist out there and credit unions that aren't involved with the central banking cabal. Small banks and small towns that reinvest in the town uh, is what is what originally happened, too. And there, that's that's one good thing. And also getting your money out of the banks and finding uh, ways to do that. I, I was lucky enough to just do a podcast with G. Edward Griffin, and he was like, "Just spend the money, just buy buy whatever store." Just he's like, and, and he and he was making some good points exactly. about um, about basically right now, if you can't find a small business you want to start or a company you want to buy or whatever, he was like, "Then just start um, investing in groups like that health and freedom group or whatever and helping them or or a podcast or or helping them and investing in in people that are doing this stuff but you know start using your money to help the cause in one way or another and another thing like you're saying about learning the engineering side um driving across this country because i didn't want to fly and i'm in new york city so as long as it could take to be on the road the better so I was like, oh, seven days to that. I'll drive. But uh, I'll tell you, there are so many abandoned towns, fully abandoned all over America with hotels and restaurants and stores and schools. No one's there. It's completely abandoned. There's a factories. I mean, everywhere all over this country. It is so pathetic. And like we were talking before about the industrial revolution when when the you know he was saying tim was saying when like they they started working on plumbing and this kind of stuff like people can go out there with this money that they're about to try to devalue to the point that we have to live on universal basic income and say what am i good at oh there's an abandoned town with (laughs) with a, a hotel in it you know can't cost that much to buy that and fix it up myself and make it awesome and, you know, if more people were thinking that way, like there's all this infrastructure, what do I know how to do and where can I find somewhere to do it? I think that's a good plan, too. Or, or look where you would want to live and think, like, what does that town not have, like a florist or whatever it is? 
I, I think that there's a lot of rebuilding of America from the inside out that can be done. And the people that want to destroy us don't want that to happen. So that should be a clue that that should be a priority. <laughs> so when that's another thing. I want to say that something to that, Mel. So let's say uh, I'm in St. Augustine, and it's not a city. It's very interesting. It's but there are develop <laughs> developers. And uh, like on Facebook, I went and I said, why are there so many junk food places in this beautiful city? And there were 500 comments. It was the liveliest um, posts and I'm like, you're welcome. But they shat on me. They said, go back home. Um, oh, actually, we need a Hooters. They they were not on board, and it gave me a kind of it, looking at what is the what are the mindset here. So just to say, like, let's say I wanted to be like, okay, I'm going to bring a center here with like um, hyperbaric chambers or ozone or whatever. Or people even one care to the developers. There's the city council might block it. So how do we get over um, around? Well, you, you try because I bet you anyone that's attacking any of us online has nothing better to do. So they're not doing anything. And if anyone's complaining, kids are asking why in a t in a town that it's Christmas all year around, why there's no health food stores, which is the truth about St. Augustine. Uh, you, you, you're asking to that. But I, I, I've been there, too. There are probably hundreds of people that would be so excited to see like a health and fitness hyperbaric, you know, all that kind of stuff that you want to do. I just think people are scared. And when it comes to the city council and all of that, if it's not going to happen, find a town 20 miles away that it will. But I just think that there's so much infrastructure in America and because the big banks control everything and have a brainwash to think that entrepreneurship and, and when, if they pull in this ESG score, nobody that has any ideas is ever going to work again. I mean, all innovation, all entrepreneurship, they want it all gone. They want none of that. So I, I think if we start it now being innovative and, and thinking outside the box, like even like Nate saying he grew a farm. Well, somebody said to me recently, a farmer in California that's being killed with the water and all that BS, he started having to just sell directly to anyone that would come. He put up a website, didn't think anyone would order his strawberries and stuff, and he's doing great. And, and it's just a matter of thinking outside the box or, you know, there's also the Farmer's Bureau I hear is still somewhat not corrupt. You find out, like, where's the local farm? They're everywhere. You just don't know it. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think there's so much we can do to, to defund them. I, my friend at an event was like, defund the cabal, refund the kingdom. And it's just kind of like that we got to think like that, too, I think. 100%. Yeah. And get to know your local farmers, man. They are the most important people in the community. And I, one of those terrible things that happened, I, I've been working in the food service industry my entire life. So I'm a chef and I, I've watched the prices and, you know, cause I have to do inventory and all this, all the stuff. And what I saw and heard about and read about was them saying like, you're going to have to, well, when they shut down, like the shipping and the production and, uh, all of that sort of thing, like these farmers were throwing away like 2 million pounds of potatoes, dumping out hundreds of thousands of gallons of milk, all this stuff. And it's like, if we get to know our farmers, we can talk to them and be like, like, I understand that this is going to cost more for you to try to ship this and even give it away. But like, let's have, let's start gleaning parties again, where people pay, like I'll pay 20 bucks and you just let me pick your field. You know, and so the farmer's getting some money and we're getting some food. It doesn't just get thrown away. Like, I think that we could definitely set things up like this. And it's a great idea. I don't know. 
Well, Charlie, what do you say? You want to wind the things down here? Do some yeah, plugs? Let's wrap, let's wrap this up. We'll give everybody an opportunity to plug their shows and where they're, what they're doing, what they're working on. Let's go right back to Nate then with the, with the coolest flag I've ever seen in my life over your awesome. shoulder. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, my name is Nate. Um, I have a co-host, Tony. Our show's called The Reality Czars. Uh, we just have fun, man. We talk about hidden history. We talk about, you know, just uh, cryptids as well. Like, we're, I'm working on a Bigfoot documentary this summer, uh, but, like, I'm also very involved in, like, actual serious things, too. But, I mean, I, we like to have fun. Hey, Bigfoot's uh, serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, working with Tony. I think, I think it's serious. He's and, he's uh, working. He's yeah. And never mind. We'll talk later. Yeah, actually, I'm talking to you next week, Charlie. Yeah, that's right. We are. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you can definitely check us out. We've got a Telegram. We, we're on Rockfin. You can find us at all the places. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. This is my first time here. I I'm really happy to have met all you guys and to have been a part of this. So, thank you. Well, if it's your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Yeah. <laughs> be lady. Again, I want to say I'm I'm so happy to be here and uh, and see beautiful faces and and people who are doing such good work. So thank you, because I do believe in cross pollinating and uh, community. You can find me on Rockfin, Miriam Hinane, Truth Lives Here, and uh, also check out some of my articles um, on Dr. Tenpenny's site. A tenpenny report, which has been renamed from Vaxter. I think it's a, a wise, a wise move. I just uh, wrote a series on how transgenderism dovetails into transhumanism, which may seem obvious to many, and uh, also a piece coming out on uh, CERN. And of course, I continue to work on my George Floyd documentary and book, which will be out in the fall. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Oh, Mike I'm Halpern. sorry. I just want to plug oh. Honey Colony. I forget to oh, plug yes. my Oh, yes. Honey my Colony company. is the best. Please buzz on over to Honey Colony, which used to be a million-dollar company, which I built from scratch, which has been attacked by and persecuted by the FDA, FTC, DOJ. So please do come there. And I am a functional medicine consultant and coach, and I am all about walking the talk and empowering, inspiring, educating people on their health. Thank you. Thank you. Mike Halpern. Thank you guys so much for having me. Just to tail off on that last topic we were on really quick, just a couple of links. Is one is WWOF Woofing. I've done that a couple of times for agriculture. It's been amazing to meet people and volunteer. Another one that a couple of my friends have done is called Work Away, like it sounds. And the last one, I think over the last couple of years, they invented DGA dairy grazing apprenticeships. So if you're like, I don't know what to do, these farmers do need your help. So Definitely go and just go for a weekend if you can. Great idea. I currently, my website's down, but it's MikeHalpern.com. You guys can email me at mhalpern at MikeHalpern.com. But my Instagram, I've been working on it. Basically, I've been getting these guys' quotes from when they say, like in 2010, this is this is what's going on. 20, I've been getting it right down to the five, 10-second clips. You guys can go to my Instagram. It's MikeHalp99. And hopefully, I'll have some more projects coming up. But thank you guys so much for having me, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Awesome. Tease, you're not getting shot at dressed as a rabbit anymore. Thank you no, for your that's, service. That's a dramatic tribute, Charlie. It's lovely. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> so what I do is I'm an artist, and I make a show called Conspiracy Synergy. 
and it's designed to show off the alt media and the conspiracy world in a lighthearted and fun and engaging way that you can use as an outreach tool for your friends and families so that they can all get up to speed on the basics and then they can get off and running. So that's at conspiracysynergy.com. And uh, yeah, it's also on BitChute and Rockfin and Odyssey and all the usuals except YouTube because they're a censorship engine. So screw that. That's where you can find me. Highly recommend. Mel K, you and I are going to be talking this week. I know. I can't wait. I'm really pumped up. It's always a fun time with Charlie. <laughs> I, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. Um, so for me, uh, I'm the Mel K Show.com, the Mel K Show on Rumble, BitChute. Uh, we have uh, the Mel K Show.tv, and uh, we also uh, are on Truth Social. We are on Frank Speech, Clout Hub, uh, Getter, and uh, we are. Um, we love to cross pollinate, so I'll be in touch with all of you to come, to come visit us. And uh, I just have to say, I feel very, I feel like the tide is turning and I, I like these small groups and I feel really lucky to be here. Everyone that comes on this show has so much to offer and is really brave. And uh, we'll keep fighting uh, because the union of the unwanted is really fast becoming the wanted. And uh, I'm really happy to be here. So uh, please check me out, the Mel K Show. Uh, our main hub is Rumble. Thank you, Mel K. Macroaggressions goes out twice a week, once on Wednesday as a monologue, once on Sunday as an interview. You can check out my interview this week with Billy Ray Valentine, my man from New York City. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Macroaggressions, the website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. Midnight Mike. And I'm Mike. I host a show called OBDM, Our Big Dumb Mouth. You can go to obdmpod.com or ourbigdumbmouth.com. Uh, show twice a week, live Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then live Saturdays at noon. It's a wacky show. We have fun. We talk about everything. So uh, thanks, everyone, and we'll see everyone in two weeks, I believe. Yep. All right. Let's do it. Thank you. Yep.